Well, I, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about uh, about uh, <clears throat> my short trip that I took just a couple of weekends ago to Mercy Hot Springs, uh, which is a which is a little local place. Uh, it's uh, you go to Hollister and you have a nice lunch there, and then you keep going east and you just leave San Benito County and you get into Fresno County and there are the Mercy Hot Springs, which uh, have been there since, you know, uh, the beginning of the earth, of course, but uh, has been a hot springs uh, place to go to uh, for a hundred years. And, uh, there's a little bit of a funk fa factor to it, but they, they've really, they've got a beautiful pool and lovely uh, tubs to soak in from the uh, hot water that bubbles up from the middle of the earth. And, um, and their cabins are, are, are getting better and better, better and better. And for the last few years, me and uh, four friends have been going up for, for a three-day weekend. <clears throat> And uh, uh, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, it's uh, in the last few years, they've built this labyrinth, uh, this, this uh, path made out of stones on a, on a hill right above the, the camping area. And, uh, and they've been putting a lot of work into that over the last few years. Um, <clears throat> they've, uh, they've really made sure all the stones are, are in place and they're all unified stones. Initially, it, it was a, made out of um, bricks that uh, I think they'd use for other building projects so that they were different size bricks and different colored bricks. They've really, they've, they, they put a lot of work into this labyrinth and, and of course to make it originally I'll, I'll show you a picture that's uh, that's what I can do they had to clear how's that can people see that in the um, on the screen from zoom um they had to clear this flat space and now over the last few years these sage brushes have grown up um and i don't know if you can see i'll get my pointer out here people have built these little kind of altars out of uh stones and bricks all around so it's uh it's three interlocking spirals there's another one uh, off screen uh, and depending on how fast you walk it takes about 20 minutes to 30 minutes to complete the whole thing uh, you go into the middle of it and then you come out uh, retracing your steps and uh and me and my friends did it a couple of times 
uh, and it's got beautiful. You can't. Where I'm on top. We're on top of a of a little hill, um, and then this area in back here is a is a big ravine, uh, and then here's a series of higher hills back there. So you really you really get quite an expansive view, and then and then right in this direction, uh, to the right is the is the hot springs just down the down the hill where all the cabins and the tubs are so that's so it's a little hike to get up there and um and then you do this 20 to 30 minute um spiritual walk so um like like a good teacher um i went to wikipedia to look up what labyrinths were and uh so labyrinths uh uh, started in Greece, and uh, mythologically, the first one was built for King Minos um, to uh, corral the Minotaur, that monstrous bull, uh, so that uh, he couldn't get out and destroy the kingdom. So it was a place to get, Labyrinth was a place to corral um, uh, something. <clears throat> And the, and the first labyrinths appeared on Greek coins in 400 BC. So this has gone back quite a bit. Um, in the Christian world, uh, labyrinths started being made out of the, uh, on the tiles of cathedrals or the entrances to the cathedrals around uh, 1000 AD. Um, <clears throat> So uh, a thousand years ago, and uh, they symbolized uh, a person on a pilgrimage. Uh, so this this wayward spiritual seeking path, um, and um, and then they've come over in the since one thousand A.D. Uh, labyrinths of, uh, are, appear in lots of spiritual, uh, mainly Christian traditions, lots of Christian churches, um, and they're, uh, they're, they're meant to be places of contemplation or prayer as you, as you walk slowly through them. Kind of, you know, not so different than our walking meditation that we just did, um, keeping the mind uh, focused inward um walking slowly so so uh and, and we remember our our practitioner here lori bear who died a couple of years ago and she was also a, a member of um holy cross church just next door and holy cross has a has a big labyrinth on, printed on a on a tarp that's quite large it's probably as large as the zendo and for special occasions, uh, they unfold it and invite people to um, to walk a labyrinth with a prayer in mind. Or um, uh, and Lori was in charge of that. She was quite a a, a believer in, in walking meditation and and labyrinth study, labyrinth work. So um, so a labyrinth in coconut. Oh, I did not know that. Uh, is that what, where all the little rocks are piled up? Yeah. And there's a spiral. Yeah, and there's a spiral there. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, yes. And there's also one in Aptos at the church where people walk in secret. 
And there used to be one uh, in uh, kind of uh, in the grass in front of uh, the Calvary Church, the Red Church downtown. Um, the, uh, so uh, so they're 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 uh, they're all around us, and and here is one that's that's thriving at Mercy Hot Springs, right here. Now that you've well, I'll, I'll keep it up for a, a little bit. Um, so uh, my friends and I did this a couple of times. One of, one of our group, there's, there's five of us total. One of our group is a teacher down at uh, the Insight Center of Vipassana. And he suggested to us all that, that we go into this, or that we do the labyrinth with a question in mind. So, um, and, uh, and, and after we did the labyrinth, we talked about what, what we were working on there. Uh, he said his, uh, his question, he, he, he uh, wanted to uh, ask himself, what qualities do I have, do I want to cultivate, do I want to accentuate, and what qualities do I have that I'd like to be mindful of and maybe extinguish over time. And uh, interestingly, he said when he started <clears throat> the labyrinth, he was filled with energy with glee, with excitement, with, with curiosity. And he said, that's what I want to cultivate. And then he got to the middle of the labyrinth and remembered that he was going to be the cook. And uh, we were running late. And he was filled with resistance and watching the clock and um, and thinking that he might, you, you know, these, uh, these bricks are just four inches tall. Uh, nothing keeps you in there. It's not like the Minotaur. Uh, he was thinking of, of just cutting through and getting back to the kitchen. And then he realized, oh, that kind of worried about time or poor time management and, and resistance, that's the stuff I want to pay attention to. And that brings me a lot of suffering. And I, I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was a pretty good exercise he did for himself. <clears throat> I went into the labyrinth like I do walking meditation, just um, uh, paying attention to my body and keeping my thoughts inward. And I was going to wait until the question burbled to the top. The question was going to find me, and and it did. Um, uh, it, uh, you, you know it. it this is the third year that, that I've seen this, and it looks different every year. They, they, they fix it up a little more. So I was really very mindful of, of the path before me. Um, like in walking meditation, uh, mindful of uh, one foot in front of the other, uh, mindful of my posture, um, uh, uh, seeing a, watching the little, uh, not watching, looking at the little altars as we passed them, um, noticing that uh, there was one whole um, uh, spiral that, that hadn't been, that the sagebrushes hadn't gotten to yet. And, and just thinking about the future, it'll just take some time. So I was really paying attention to this, the, the labyrinth. 
and my body and my breath. And, uh, and then, you know, because I'm in the middle of such, such a beautiful place, it doesn't take much to just raise your eyes and see the, the, um, the mountains going off into infinity, seeing these, um, uh, these meadows here that, uh, that have cows in them a lot of the time, the meadows that, are, that just seem boundless. Uh, you can see it was a beautiful day. You, you remember the weather we had here a couple of days ago. So it didn't take long for me to, uh, to uh, also inhabit this kind of boundless space around me. And, uh, and in the course of the walk, uh, what I realized was happening was, um, was uh, uh, I wasn't dividing so much the world of the, the labyrinth, the step just before me. I wasn't dividing that from the boundlessness that was all around me. They just sort of merged and my true body, my true activity, um, my true face, as we say in Buddhism, uh, really then became um, uh, this kind of boundless space that was walking uh, as well in this kind of beautiful, beautiful space. And, um, and so, uh, so, uh, so what was once two things you know, paying attention to the labyrinth and then paying attention to uh, the boundlessness around me became one thing. And of course, we call that non-duality. And, and, and uh, uh, we talk about, uh, about that in Buddhism quite a bit, um, uh, looking at the conventional, uh, Nagarjuna called, the, called it the two truths, uh, the truth of uh, our conventional lives and the truth of, of uh, absolute reality. And of course, uh, his conclusion was um, uh, they're, they're not dual, they are one as well, even though um, to talk, we can talk about them. I can, we, can, we can talk about our conventional lives of driving to the Zendo or going to work or taking care of the family and um, and we uh, uh, we can also talk about our meditation uh, here on the cushion, where we drop, where we uh, not drop. We uh, our our thoughts get quieter until they fall away, and um, and uh, we're not so conscious of um, of where we're sitting or who we're sitting with. We are just being in the entire universe. And so we can talk about those as two different things, but we know for a fact that we're not two different people. Uh, we're not uh, um, uh, people who go to work for part of the day and, uh, and uh, also are um, uh, settling in, in uh, absolute reality emptiness part of the day we know that we're just uh, we just have this one existence and that our conventional life is not so separate from from uh, ultimate reality um, even on this uh, 
so we, we, we all finished and we waited for each other to finish up. This is the first time we, we did all, all five of us uh, did it together. And, and then there was a short hike to get back to our, um, our cabin. And so we talked about the, um, uh, what we were thinking about in the, in the labyrinth. And, you know, I just started thinking, you know, have, have I really left the labyrinth? I mean, you know, there were two ways to get back to the, um, to the cabin. So we had to stay on another path and we could have gone one direction or the other, but that was a path that we have to go on. Uh, so uh, so uh, it, it wasn't so different than following the bricks around this labyrinth. And then I got to thinking, well, you know, I'm on Mission Street about five times every day, just going to all the, coming to the Zendo, going to the Safeway. Um, I, I, I take um, Water Street a couple times a week to go to Staff of Life grocery store or to the bank. Um, I, I'm pretty much uh, walking a path uh, pretty regularly. Um, it's not defined so much by um, uniform bricks, but by curbs and street lights, and 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 in the same way that the the path of the labyrinth is um, is constructed, uh, as we say, you know. So are, so is my life, uh, my general life. I mean, occasionally I I throw care to the wind and drive sixty miles to uh, to Mercy Hot Springs, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm walking a, a, a conditioned path in my life um, pretty regularly. And of course, the, the real punchline is um, I'm always connected to the mountains, the meadows, the moon, the stars, the universe. Uh, I'm, I'm always connected to the whole works, even, even in uh, the life that I call kind of mundane, and 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 that's our that's our practice is is realizing um, there's no difference between the mundane and the sacred, um, uh, and and that and that you know, even even on Mission Street, um, I can uh, I can be uh, following. The path of the of the sacred. Um, does anybody re he, uh, hear that NPR interview? It's the fellow who wrote, "And will you love me tomorrow?" with uh, Carol King, um, and I think they were married at the time that they, they that they wrote it. But um, but they interviewed him, or, or and um, he was saying. Uh, uh, his son was getting bar mitzvahed and uh, the son asked the rabbi and then this fellow whose name I, I can remember Carol King but I can't remember her, her writing partner but uh, uh, the son asked and the, so the, the music writer wasn't a particularly religious um, Jew um, but um, the son was asking the rabbi well what if you don't really believe in God and the rabbi responded, uh, you know, that doesn't matter one, one bit. You just have to stay on the path towards the sacred. 
And uh, so this writer, this music writer thought that was a great idea. And he started going to temple a little bit more. And, and I think that's what, that's, that's what our, our practice tells us, that um, this, this labyrinth that we call Mission Street and Water Street um, uh, is, is, our, is our sacred path. Um, and looking, looking, at, looking at that path, looking at the people that I see every day, uh, looking at the, um, the, uh, the, the traffic that I'm in every day, uh, as uh, as um, part of not part as nothing but uh, the boundlessness of my true life uh, is is what is what our is what our practice on the cushion is pointing us to. That's that's the the path towards the sacred. Let me invite everybody back in again. Um, lots of lights here. Uh, in the foundations uh, class, uh, we've been looking at uh, uh, the, the teaching poem called Trust in Mind, written in the uh, late 500s, early 600s AD by our Chinese ancestor, Sen Kan. And in, when we chant his name uh, with all of our ancestors in Japanese, he's Kanchi Sosan Daiosho. And he wrote Trust in Mind that famously starts off, the way is not difficult. You just have to quit picking and choosing. And the poem kind of has that theme uh, throughout. And um, And towards the end of the poem, where we're where we're getting, we're gonna we're gonna finish we're gonna finish this study. We've been looking at this book of on, a commentary on the poem by the the, the Burmese teacher um, uh, Mu Song. Um, we've been looking at that for the last year. Towards the end. Kanchi uh, Sosan writes in the true dharma world there is neither self nor other than self to come directly into harmony with this reality <clears throat> just simply say when doubt or conflict arises not to in this not to, nothing is separate, nothing is excluded. No matter when or where, enlightenment means entering this truth. So this is, this uh, uh, Kanji Sosan says, when we forget, 
when we're cursing at the traffic rather than seeing it as our boundless Buddha body, or another poem calls uh, the rivers the, the long tongue of the Buddha. Maybe that's a better image of Mission Street, uh, the long tongue of the Buddha. When, I, when, I, when I'm cursing mission, rather than realizing it's the long tongue of the Buddha, all I have to do is go, not to. And, and I can remember the, the, the unity of my life rather than the busy life on Mission Street versus uh, the calm of sitting here in the Zendo. So I just have to remember not to, not to. In the true Dharma world, there is neither self nor other than self. So you don't even divide the world up into yourself and others. Everything is intimate. Everything is unified. In it, this is what Musang says, no one thing is privileged over another. In it, in this unified reality, this harmonious reality, all things are accepted equally. An alternative understanding, or that's not right at all. Oh yeah, an alternative understanding of the true Dharma world would be calling it the Dharmakaya, which uh, is another Buddhist term that means uh, the body of, of Buddha, um, the body of, of the Dharma, the body of Buddha's um, reality. To come directly into harmony with this, with this reality, just simply say, when doubt or conflict arises, just simply say, not to. And Musang says about this line, <clears throat> to be in harmony with the thingness of things, with objects, to be in harmony with this clock, to be in harmony with my glasses, to be in harmony with the computer, to be in harmony with objects, is the non-privileging of one over the other, uh, over the other. And that non-privileging is expressed as not to. Things don't need to be qualified by their opposites, meaning, um, oh, this is the opposite of peace and tranquility. This means, Patrick, I gotta get going. I've only got 10 more minutes left. Uh, I don't have to qualify it by, uh, by its opposite. Um, um, when the reality is that um, everything is this long tongue of the Buddha. Everything just is, just the way it is, just the way we are. We share that just being the way we are right now with, <clears throat> with all things. That's our nature that we all share. Things don't need to, <clears throat> to be qualified by their opposites. Objects are both it, itself and its opposite and find resolution in the non-dual emptiness. Um, many of the same causes and conditions uh, that make this clock 
be able to stand right here are the same causes and conditions that allow me to sit here. The temperature is this right, is just right. I'm not melting. The clock isn't melting, for instance. That's the simplest one I came up with. So, so all of us here and all the objects here are causes, are, are results of the causes and conditions that are happening right now uh, in this world. And that's, that's another part of uh, our true nature that we all share. We're all uh, mere appearances uh, conditioned by the causes and conditions going on right now. Um, and that's what Musong is saying. Um, objects are both itself and its, op and its opposite and find resolution in non-dual uh, emptiness, which means uh, dependent, co-arising, co co-arising. We're dependent on the causes and conditions to arise in the way we are just now. Kanchi Sosan reminds us to remember <clears throat> non-dual emptiness of things <clears throat> by saying not to whenever we are confused about the nature of reality. In this sense, not to becomes a mantra that one can use to restabilize oneself when beset by doubt or confusion or irritating traffic or, or uh, wars that frighten the poop out of us um, uh, or uh, people that, uh, that frighten us, people that uh, are, are, are in our lives that uh, uh, we have to say, how can I remember uh, the intimacy, the no separation, the not two that exists between even those things that seem so terrifying. Um, Senkan says, just remember this not two, this intimacy, at the very least, this, um, this when we remember the intimacy with, um, with the weapons of war, with the horrors of war, with the horrors of uh, what people do to each other, at the very least, uh, when we remember that we're not separate, uh, we say, you know, I can't ignore this. I can't turn away from this. I have to stay, uh, I, I, have to, I have to move into this. Uh, and see uh, what my part is in reducing suffering. At the very least, even even though uh, you know the two wars that maybe we're thinking of now seem far away, uh, they're not they're not so far away. But even right here, thousands of miles away, um, uh, there are ways that we can reduce uh, the suffering of this war and and try to try to. Um, resolve them. Uh, it might not be, um, it might not be um, so quickly. In another, in another um, book group, uh, we like book groups here. Uh, we, uh, what was the line last night? Uh, who, who was in the Awakening Together group? Um, we know that this is going to be a long, hard um, path, um, was, was basically the line. And we know that about, um, about ending war and bringing peace and bringing 
bringing um, harmony to the world. Uh, but uh, at the very least, when we realize that we're not separate from even those different wars, um, we realize that um, we can't turn away and uh, we have um, a responsibility to uh, save all beings, to, um, to bring resolution to um, suffering. Kanchi Sosan, his, his line was, in this not to, nothing is separate, nothing is excluded. Musang says about this, each thing contains everything and is contained in everything else. Nothing is separate and nothing is excluded. To adopt the not to perspective is to see all multiplicities falling back into an undifferentiated um, emptiness in which all boundaries and definitions of each manifestation are lost and absorbed into the undifferentiated whole that is one mind. And that's our. Um, that's our meditation. Um, uh, you know, maybe just for a moment, maybe just for a few minutes in, in our meditation that we all just did together, we uh, were able to settle into that one mind, not thinking so much about what we're going to be doing after, after this is over, not, not thinking about, you know, gee, I wish I hadn't done that earlier in the day. We can just, uh, the thoughts, become stiller and we just settle into that one one mind uh, we can get uh, a glimpse of that in our in our meditation but but the reason we keep coming back to this meditation and curling our legs up into this posture um, is uh, is that uh, we, we have some inkling that that's our true home that one mind that that profound intimacy with all things is really the way it is and uh, and this is and we're nurtured uh, by remembering it in this way curled up on the cushion or sitting sitting in the chair and just uh, watching our thoughts fall away and settling into that we're nurtured by it because we know it's our true body and our true mind and and that helps us then face the, the world that looks out of control, that looks dangerous, and say, you know, I can face this. I can do my part to, um, to help bring harmony uh, into this. No matter when or where, in, no matter when or where, enlightenment means entering this truth. So this, this, this is our enlightenment is when we remember this intimacy, this no separation. Um, and um, we're facing each other, not as a self and other, but we're facing each other as, as uh, you are my true body, just like my right hand and my left hand are none other than my true body. Uh, they might, they, 
might look a little different. I might be able to call them my right hand and my left hand, but I know that they're nothing other than in my whole body. And that's, uh, and, and what a way to um, negotiate the world, not as individual selves who are very clever and, uh, and very unique um, uh, and are doing things the right way. Uh, instead of that frame of mind, um, uh, negotiating the world as um, um, this whole works is my whole body. And how can I make, uh, what, what's my part in uh, making sure that, um, that um, uh, we're all safe here, that we're all in harmony here. By using the words, <clears throat> no matter when or where, um, so this line that he's talking about, no matter when or where, enlightenment means entering this truth of, of intimacy and no separation. By using the words, no matter when or where, Kanchi Sosan is pointing to the ever-present potentiality for awakening. It means we can do it at any time. We can do it when we leave here. We can do it on Mission Street. We can do it on Water Street. We can do it in the middle of Safeway. Um, Kanchi Sosan is pointing to the ever-present potentiality for awakening. This tradition kept itself open to this potentiality in every mundane activity of daily life. I, I misread that, but um, basically it's saying that we can do this at any time, in, in no matter what we're doing. Each person is capable of entering this potentiality of not to, this potentiality of profound um, intimacy in any place at any time. Um, actually, I skipped a line that I think is an important one. Um, Non-duality, this intimacy, realizing our true body is the entire universe cannot be an intellectual or linguistic construct that would be inauthentic so it's not just something we read about in the philosophy books you know this is this is chinese philosophy um, there has to be this is musang there has to be an underlying experience in which all duality has come to a cessation um, maybe, maybe it was easy to come to that realization in my body when I was up on top of that hill looking at the beautiful mountains and meadows and sky around me. It might be a little harder to, to come to that, uh, that reality in your, in your body uh, on Mission Street or in the long lines of Safeway, but that's what our practice uh, points us to. Um, and and we, we've all done it. I mean, uh, uh, maybe out of exhaustion, <laughs> maybe when we just don't move and we realize that uh, honking our horn or cursing isn't uh, helping. And when we just reached that point, we might feel our shoulders relax a little bit and just say, 
this is this is this is my true body uh this 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 is uh this is my life uh here and um i can either make myself miserable about it or i can just sit here i can find another station on this uh i i can play classical music uh on the radio rather than listening to uh the news about uh, conflicts in the world. Let me just change the station and I can sit here for a few minutes and, and feel a little more comfortable. So our practice asks us to find this in our body, the way we do curled up on the cushion here. Um, it's in our body when we're doing that. And, uh, and we're not just reading about it. Um, um, <clears throat> so uh, we've got just a, f a few minutes. Um, any any questions? Uh, I, I think we've all had times in nature where we felt that intimacy. I'm not just a hiker, you know, walking through this. This is this is this is my life right here in, in these in these mountains when we're on a hike. I think we've all had experiences like that, or when we <clears throat> our experiences with our children, or with other people's children, or strangers' children. Uh, or we just say, "This is human life. This is, this is, this is, this is. Uh, we're all together in this." So um, maybe, maybe, maybe if you remember something that you really have felt in your body, that intimacy with with all beings, uh, we can talk about that for the next <clears throat> three or four minutes. Suchitra, speak speak up so that everyone can hear you. Being, being in a specific walking pattern and having that expanded moment when you were both boundless and in those bounds, that, that's really beautiful. And, and um, it made me remember a moment that is sort of like that. I think I was kind of young. I don't remember it specifically, but someone was far away, like in the East Coast, way over on the other side. And there was this, bad feeling about this for for everyone and then i just thought we live on the same street because you can literally drive on pavement the whole way there and it just shattered that sense of separation it was a very kind of concrete mundane way of feeling connected but it was it was just sort of like this flash of of seeing the web instead of the distinction yeah. And it was, it just felt so much better. But that thing that you say, like to be able to see ourselves walking in the labyrinth, no matter where we are, that's really good, I think. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, the, the, the more mundane, the better. I mean, you really have to know it in your body. And this body is, uh, as the Buddha tells us, is uh, blood and pus and phlegm. I mean, you've got to you've got to feel it uh, as deeply as you know the bud, the blood and pus and phlegm of your body. So, uh, so the more mundane, the better. Thank you. Any other last thoughts? We've got some. Uh, some oh, I have something to say. Oh, please, Shakti. Yeah, um, I just. The, it's a synchronicity of life right now because 
your talk is exactly this article I was reading the moments before I came to practice tonight. And it's called the poetic, um, the poetic resonance of of being by Monsoon. Um, it's about Buddhism creativity and um and just what you were talking about this this the po and she talked a lot about dharmic art which is that kind of that place where you just you you're just being you're letting everything drop away all of the duality everything of separation and um and so that was and just like with creativity, when we have that pure creative moment of doing art or something like that, um, like like if if I am in a moment of of playing music or um, or doing artwork where I'm completely absorbed, then then that that place of being separate from from the expression mm -hmm. is is um where there that starts to become one like you're saying like there's there's just one there's just one thing and and it, and nothing else and the, all the thoughts the kind of commentary when that commentary drops away into that kind of place of of just being and not having any anything else going on yes when, when, when you're absorbed um and interestingly he talked about i i just thought it was interesting too because it was all about being in nature mm -hmm. what you're talking about being the labyrinth and being the end and I have trouble getting into that nature myself. So I'm trying to um, figure out how to experience that connection with nature without being able to be completely in nature. And um, so I'm trying to do this, like when I was meditating in our sit tonight I was I was letting the walls of my house kind of dissipate and letting myself experience being everywhere all at once so I was in the zendo and I was here and I was hearing the things outside and the things outside were not separate from me so I was trying to sort of do this practice. Do you have any other ideas about how that can be well, achieved? Well, this well, kind well, of connection with, like Sen like Senkan says, uh, when we can say to ourselves, "Not to," um, uh, it can. It, it's not about time or place, and um, and uh, and maybe just. Uh, with a view of, uh, I, I, I know your house, there's beautiful trees uh, covering the front of your house, 
just being able to um, see the trees out the window and saying not to, and 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 in the same way that um, that uh, um, Suchitra says you can drive across the country, the roots of those trees in front of your house are are intimately connected with uh, the the roots of uh, Henry the trees in Henry Cowell Forest or or, or the Neary Lagoon where we did the, the bird watching. So so this not to uh, reality uh, that we uh, that we are um, really transcends all time and space. So thank yeah. you. thank you for raises. We're 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 going to have to run. Um, okay, and and now not be and not not be. Yes, both at the same time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you all. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are impossible. I vow to win them. Dark gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's way is unsurpassable. Surpassable, I vow 